Hello, and welcome to Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. I'm Mike Neely. And I'm Stephen Gorchow. And today on episode 23, we chat with Senior Associate Director of Athletics, Alyssa Morales-Kelly, and Assistant Field Hockey Coach Courtney Dina about the Diversity Inclusion Committee and No Locker for Racism initiative. We hope you enjoy. Go Pride. Well, hello again, Hofstra fans. I'm Stephen Gorchov, and we are joined today by Alyssa Morales-Kelly, the Senior Associate Director of Athletics for Compliance, Diversity, and Inclusion here at Hofstra. Uh, Mike and I are going to talk a little bit with Alyssa about diversity and inclusion and a few other ideas here at Hofstra University. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you on, the, on today. Uh, you're a graduate of Iona College, played on the volleyball team there. Uh, can you talk about uh, your time at Iona and kind of uh, what brought you to New York? You're a native of California. Uh, and what kind of brought you to the East Coast? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in San Diego, like you said. Um, decided at a pretty young age that I wanted to get out and see other parts of the country that I'd never seen before. Um, and I also wanted a smaller institution. So in doing my research, Iona kind of aligned with uh, my Catholic upbringing, the small institution, and a volleyball team that was um, pretty competitive in the um, MAC conference. Um, and so I was actually recruited there and came out here when I was 18 with the plans of going back right after graduation. And a number of years later, I am still here. Yeah, you, you sure are. And uh, like you said, played on the volleyball team there at Iona. Uh, what drove you after college to, to then stay? What what was kind of your the factor that made you say, I'm not going home, which you thought you were going to do all along? Sure. Um, I really wanted to stay involved in athletics. My first year out of college, I actually stayed on to be an assistant volleyball coach and wanted to kind of test the waters to see if coaching was something, collegiate coaching, I should say, something I wanted to do in the future. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was an interesting transition from being a student athlete to being a coach your first year out because those are the students that you were just with. Um, but I had a really great time and knew that athletics was where I wanted to be, but maybe not necessarily coaching. Um, so I stayed on the year after that to be an intern and the following year I actually got a full-time position um, in compliance so there's there's a lot, kind of a backstory to that but that's how I fell into compliance so and then you come to Hofstra starting in 2014 um, so what what made the you know jump from Iona to Hofstra and then you know kind of tell us a little bit about your time at Hofstra for the past six years yeah, so um, I didn't necessarily want um, to continue my, I guess, role at Iona. Um, I was there as the assistant AD for compliance and over, had overseen SAC. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I had the ability to kind of broaden my reach within athletics. Um, so I made the uh, transition over to Hofstra uh, once I got here. You know, I got kind of everything settled. I actually started and finished my MBA. And um, in the time that I finished, I was able to kind of help out in different areas and, um, you know, really be able to kind of, I guess, stretch within the department um, and got to see the different areas um, besides compliance that I was interested in. So that's going to kind of bring us to where we are today. And Alyssa is the, um, the chairperson of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. So why don't you tell us what drove you to really become a leading voice, um, you know, on diversity and inclusion within athletics? 
So when I started um, at Hofstra, I left Iona and Rick Cole Jr. was the uh, director of athletics at Iona. And um, a, couple of year, a couple of years later, sorry, he shows up here. Um, and you know, with his appointment came new responsibilities for myself, including student athlete development, something that I'm really passionate about um, and getting back to kind of overseeing SAC, which was really great. Um, and with that, he also, you know, brought to me um, the idea of being really involved with diversity and inclusion in our efforts within the department. Um, and so, you know, it was something that I was willing, definitely able to take on. I, I was happy that he brought that to me because I enjoy my, um, my student athlete, uh, you know, experience in the department. And so when he, you know, kind of brought that my way, I was, you know, full feet in. So uh, obviously uh, you're, you have a deep passion for the student athlete experience and all that it involves. Uh, with all that occurred this summer and social injustice and every, all, all of the areas surrounding that, that, that passion became something else, I'm sure. It wasn't just about the student athlete experience. Uh, what what uh, furthered your and fueled your belief in uh, the diversity and inclusion aspect uh, to become, make that become a priority for both you and the department? Um, so my one driving force is definitely my family. Um, I have two children and, and um, they're currently in daycare and, and really enjoying their experience in a really diverse um, atmosphere. And I, you know, hope that they continue to thrive in that. Um, and I hope that they grow up in a world that encourages that. Um, because as we all know, when there's more diversity within spaces, there's more ideas and um, more efficiency coming comes out of it. So um, they're really my driving force. Above and beyond that, I just want to make sure that we're making our spaces um, open to uh, all of our student athletes um, so that everyone feels um, like they have to see a seat at the table, like they're being heard, um, and like Hofstra is doing what they can to make them feel comfortable within our athletics department and university as a whole. Um, you know, our efforts kind of started probably midway through January uh, last year, where we really wanted to get a diversity and inclusion committee together um, and start to hone the goals of that committee. And then obviously with all of the social injustice, injustice issues that came up um, with George Floyd and after George Floyd, our timeline was condensed uh, probably tenfold. Um, so ideas that we had on our long-term goals went on to our short-term goals and our long-term goals, you know, transition from there. Um, it's been a lot of work, um, but a lot of exciting work because it makes everyone a little more comfortable on campus and, you know, hopefully um, just comfortable within, you know, with being who they are and, and feeling included. So you mentioned your uh, committee there. So you really do have a great committee that's made up of, um, you know, both athletic staff and student athletes. So how did kind of the committee get started? You know, how did, how did, um, you know, everybody get onto the committee and, 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 you know, what are the different, um, you know, points of view being uh, brought on there? So um, Rick and I kind of decided that we wanted people to be on the committee that wanted to be on the committee. Um, and as a compliance person, I'm very, very used to voluntelling people that they need to do things. Um, voluntold. Voluntold, yeah, exactly. I'm sure both of you have been voluntold to do a couple of things, so I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, 
So we put it out to staff and just asked for volunteers. Um, after kind of looking at the list of people who wanted to do it, we I volunteered a couple of people that I would like them to be on the committee as well, just because I thought it would be good experience and a great um, space for their voices to be heard. Um, and then from there, we opened it up to student athletes and we also invited student athletes. So we have a large number of student athletes who are very um, vocal and passionate and maybe weren't open to it at first, just because, you know, they want to go about um, raising social justice issues and, and educating their own way. Um, and we're, when we were able to ask them and outreach and just tell them kind of what our committee was doing, they were um, a little more willing to join. So um, a little bit of volunteer, a little bit of voluntold, but I guess with everyone, it's, it's really worked out and we've been kind of running ever since. And, and just for everybody's knowledge out there, there's 11 Hofstra coaches and staff on the committee as well as 10 uh, student athletes. So it really is a great uh, mix across sports uh, among the different departments in the, this, you know, in the athletic department. Um, so you really put together a great committee. And within that committee, there are a couple of different subcommittees as well. So do you kind of want to tell us about the roles of the different subcommittees, the goals each subcommittee has, uh, you know, and, and the work they're doing? Sure. Um, so we have a couple of initiatives that we're working through. Um, we have a forum subcommittee that's currently working on our third race and equity forum. Um, I'm not even sure if that's been updated on the website yet because I was just within the last couple of weeks, but that is in there. Um, our next um, forum is actually going to be held this week. And we are focusing on um, kind of continuing the conversation on the training they got two Fridays ago regarding systemic racism. Um, the goal of the committee is really just to put forth forums that are um, well-structured and allow for learning and engagement. Um, this forum, our third forum, is much different structure than the last two, so we're excited for that. Uh, we have a subcommittee on No Locker for Racism, which you will hear from Courtney Dina about. We have a social media subcommittee um, and we have our Instagram and Twitter handle, which is Hofstra for All. Um, I will get to that. Don't don't tease. I won't me. ruin it. Yeah, don't ruin it. <laughs> uh, um, so I'll skip over the goals of that one. Um, Stephen had helped out with our Hofstra votes um, initiative, so I wouldn't necessarily call him a subcommittee, but you know, a force of his own in helping uh, register student athletes and getting out there to vote. Um, I'm trying to think. We have our um, Black Student Athlete Association, which isn't necessarily a subcommittee, but more of an offshoot of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, and that's headed up by Danielle Santos Atkinson and Speedy Claxton, and they act as facilitators for our Black Student Athlete Association. So um, I think I covered all of our subcommittees on the, the website and maybe added one more that I realize now needs to be edited. So. So, yeah, you guys have uh, quite a lot of work going on, a lot of subcommittees in action. Uh, one of the most valuable people on this campus um, that maybe people don't know is Cornell Craig, the university's chief diversity officer, uh, inclusion officer. Uh, can you speak to how valuable he's been to athletics as a whole and what a team player he's been for us as we uh, navigate uh, all the different areas your, your committee and this us in athletics are doing? Um, so I won't be able to put all the work he's doing for us to justice. Um, I don't think I could thank Cornell enough for all of the work that he does. He just recently received a No Locker for Racism t-shirt. 
And I joke that that's the beginning of his payment for everything that he's done for us. Um, he does all of our student athlete trainings, all of our staff trainings. So as a staff, we're actually um, just completed our fall training. We will have a spring training scheduled probably in January. Um, we had a all student athlete training that we completed two weeks ago. Um, and then each team actually goes through and is trained as a team to give them more time and kind of uh, provide a safer space to, for them to have more open conversation. Um, so with our 15 head coaches overseeing all of their teams, um, our all student athlete training and two staff trainings, we see Cornell Craig a lot. Um, he has been a tremendous resource to us in terms of education, educational materials, um, meetings to help facilitate the tougher conversations. Um, and he really just doesn't stop. So it's, um, again, I can't continue to thank him enough. Um, you know, between the two of us and when we're in large crowds. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, he, he does a, a world of work for us. So it's it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, I know we, me and Mike saw it last week when we had the staff uh, training and it was, a, he, you know, he's managing a group of 90, roughly 90 people. And, you know, there's very sensitive topics going on and lots of very sensitive questions being asked. And, uh, you know, he's a, uh, you have to use, use the right word. He's a facilitator of those. And uh, he, he, he's really, really incredible to be, to listen to him speak on a regular basis. And I think he's got a great um, perspective within athletics as well as a former student athlete himself. Yeah. Former all, all American. Um, and he's also been on campuses that had, have had to deal with the tough conversation. Um, so a student athlete actually that I went to school with at Iona had transferred to his institution and then subsequently um, lost his life at the hands of, of police. Uh, you know, he, he was on campus when that happened. Um, so he, you know, he's navigated the hard, difficult, tough conversations that came out of that and, um, you know, only come out stronger with, with just a, a really great and powerful message. So. Yeah, and Cornell is a, such an important part of a cohesive unit across this whole campus. Um, so uh, he's not a staff member in athletics, but he facilitates and assists Hofstra in everything they do. And that kind of leads itself to, you know, the university in general with the university's No Hate Hofstra campaign and other uh, actions and steps that they're taking. Um, how have you uh, been able to work hand in hand with what the university is doing um, to kind of facilitate the same ideas uh, that you want to see in athletics that they're doing maybe at the university level? Yeah, so I sit on his council, um, which is a department-wide um, committee for diversity and inclusion. Um, and so, you know, I sit in on the meetings. I hear what everyone's doing. Um, I'm rarely surprised about what, you know, people around campus are doing just because I, I'm very attentive in our meetings and make sure I take notes so that I can bring the good ideas back to to our um, athletic department. And I was really happy to hear of all the great things that um, Northwell Health School of Medicine is doing. Um, and I don't know if they're new or continued, but you know, I was, I was really impressed with everything that their liaison was talking about. So I'm excited for what our, our committee's doing, our council's doing um, and the progress we've made. Uh, and you know, COVID has kind of put a halt to a couple of things that we're working on, but we're looking to kind of pick them up and make sure we're evaluating um, the, the, you know, broader university as a whole. So now we can get back to Hofstra for all. Um, 
What? So we recently unveiled the Hofstra for All, um, you know, kind of campaign, social media channels, that sort of, uh, you know, kind of whole cohesive, you know, unit there. So what's the messaging around that? And, and really, what are you trying to convey uh, to people with Hofstra for All? Great question. Um, so the, the name, actually, we kind of gone back and forth on for quite some time. Stephen, I know you can speak to that. Um, just because a handle has so much weight to it. Uh, you know, it can't just be Hofstra DNI, which would be diversity and inclusion. It can't just be, um, you know, Hofstra inclusive because it doesn't it doesn't capture everything that we want to do. Um, so, when speaking with the subcommittee, you know, it's a lot of conversations, and um, someone finally just said, "Well, I think it was Kino Lambert from Women's Basketball. Why can't it just be just all the words? You know, why can't it just be everything?" And we kind of decided on, "Well." Uh, you know, we want to make our space for everyone. Um, and Hofstra, everyone or everything doesn't have a real ring to it. But Hofstra for All is really what we want it to be. It's a goal. It's an aspiration so that everyone that comes here and that is in our department feels comfortable and included and, and provided with the correct resources they need to thrive. So um, we kind of settled on that and, and brought it to our um to Stephen in his area and, and we're able to kind of settle on that. So. And it really, it really is perfect. The more you think about it, uh, it's so simple yet perfect. And it, uh, it really, uh, it does, like you said, captures exactly what you guys uh, are trying to do as a committee and we're trying to do as a department in athletics. Exactly. So uh, we'll end with a question. We, we, you know, our next guest today is uh, Courtney Dina, our assistant field hockey coach, uh, Courtney's a dynamic and wonderful individual who's uh, who has assisted in this diversity inclusion uh, initiatives on, in a way that you dream about, uh, and she's really uh, she is the uh, the leader behind the No Locker for Racism campaign. So, really, uh, can you just talk about what what kind of Courtney needs means to both your committee and kind of the the work that she's done behind the No Locker for Racism, which we're going to get into in a minute. So maybe just speak to it in general nature, just because she's going to talk more in detail. Sure. Um, so Courtney Dina is um, an employee that everyone wants to have. Um, and I'm not trying to get rid of her by any means because she's mine. Um, but she is absolutely amazing. She is a critical thinker, um, you know, is identifies as a black female and wants to make everything better for her. Um, everyone that is identifies as black, everyone that identifies as female, everyone, you know, the whole and everyone that's not, um, you know, all people of color, um, all genders, all sexual identities. And, you know, she really just emanates the hard work that goes behind it. So um, she is an assistant field hockey coach. She wants to make the atmosphere within her team better so that um, you know, her student athletes feel uh, comfortable and included. And, um, you know, she brings just all of that into real tangible outcomes, um, which is how we got to know Walker for Racism. So uh, I will let her speak to all of that, but she has been just truly um, a gift to myself, to Rick, to the department, to her team. Um, and, you know, coming up with, with a full campaign for our department and, and just continuing to bring ideas forth that can um, really 
really propel our department forward has been really great and she's been great to work with so yeah i echo everything you said it's uh she's been a remarkable person to work with uh on the No Lock for Racism campaign and, and the diversity and inclusion initiatives that you're uh, leading the way on. Alyssa, we uh, can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, it's great to uh, hear the work that your committee's doing and to share this publicly kind of so people can learn more about what uh, diversity and inclusion at Hofstra and in our athletic department is. And uh, we thank you so much for your time and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing the work uh, flourish in the future. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Alyssa. All right, Hofstra fans. Now we're here with Courtney Dina, uh, assistant field hockey coach at Hofstra University. Courtney, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, so let's get let's get into it, Courtney. You're from from Ohio. Um, you played on the Maryland field hockey team for four years, uh, including going to a Final Four. Tell us about your uh, career as a student athlete um, at Maryland and, and you know, your time on the field hockey team. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. It's um, something that I still kind of have these moments where I sit back and almost reminisce the good days. And it was it was great, you know, playing, playing on a very competitive team that really pushed the, the tempo every day is something that I've carried now into my life. So I, I still operate very quickly. And I think you can tell with how fast I speak. So. <laughs> Love it. And you joined, uh, you joined Hofstra in um, June of last year, June of 2019. Yep. So you've been uh, at Hofstra a little bit over a year. So why don't you tell us, you know, kind of what brought you to Hofstra uh, and how your first year, at, you know, in a little bit has been, uh, even though we probably lost about six months of that. <laughs> you know, it's actually interesting. So I had worked a camp with head coach uh, Courtney Vino the summer, maybe two summers ago at, at another CAA school. And I was just very, I love camp season. So I was really energetic, really just loving the time. I think I made way too many friends with the campers. And um, so after that, she just really enjoyed my energy. So she asked me to come join the staff here when she got the head coaching job. Um, And it's been great so far. You know, it's definitely been a different experience going from being a player to being a coach and just being on the other side of the bench and, and, teaching you know I think it's you have a teaching role when you're a student athlete but it's a whole different role when you're a coach of being able to influence lives and so it's definitely been a really great experience as I mature into my life and I'm absolutely loving it every day yeah and you've uh you really are maturing into your life and this summer brought a newfound maturity that you needed to find and maybe see a side of yourself you you were prepared to show the world who knows if you're ready for at that point but uh, with once all the social injustice occurred this summer, uh, you were one of the leading voices in our department behind uh, reacting and coming up with something how we can react as a department. And from that came no locker for racism. Uh, can you just speak to what it is? And I, we'll get into the goals and everything else, but really the meaning behind no locker for racism. Yeah, so the biggest thing within the locker for racism is that we're our whole goal is to dismantle racism within not just the locker rooms, but within athletics. And, you know, I think the thing, um, the biggest piece that I think everybody should know is that our goal isn't to tell people that, like, you know, racism is bad and we need to end it right now. It's more so of like we need to educate people so they understand why, why it shouldn't exist in the locker room. 
And especially like the locker room symbolizes so much unity for teams and for programs and for schools in general. So using that locker room as a place for people to feel like they belong at all times is the biggest piece of the campaign. And uh, this summer kind of uh, uh, the social injustice obviously was the impetus for this. Uh, when did you really formulate the plan uh, that kind of now that we're seeing the uh, fruits of all your labor about? Yeah, wow. Quarantine was so long ago. It's hard for me to even really remember. Um, we're still in it, know, Courtney. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, man, it was probably like June ish. Um, it's actually interesting. So I think I've told a few story or a few people this story, but I'm a very passionate person. Um, I know you are all very surprised by this, but my mom told me, she's like, you have one of two options. I think she was just a little tired of me complaining about where we were as, as a country. And she's like, you, you can either sit here and complain, but I'm not going to listen, or you can, you can make change. So pick your poison. And so I decided that change was going to be, so at least I could still talk about it, you know? So that was the biggest thing was getting back, you know, back into June was trying to inspire change. And so my mom and I sat down and we really hashed out what did we wanted to look like. So then I wasn't just sending a pile of ideas when I was introducing it to Rick. So it introduced it to Rick and, and, you know, being then one of the leading voices on the uh, diversity inclusion committee, um, you know, how did you become such an active member on the committee that you were, you know, putting these ideas, you know, in front of the athletic director and in front of, you know, Alyssa, who's the, the chairperson of the committee, uh, you know, how did you become such an active member? Yeah, um, I would say that I'm a very social and relationship-based human. Um, so I think I was just kind of operated on a whim of like, hopefully they take this idea and they, they like it and we'll see where it goes. And I've never been one to kind of shy away from um, of speaking my mind when I think it needs to be heard. So I think that was the biggest thing. And, and then even since then, I, I think I have this problem of not saying no because I want to be involved in everything. And so now it's just think it's turned into be a really great thing because it allows me to get a, a really good understanding of where we want to go as, as Hofstra University within our athletic programs, plural, but then also just like making a, uh, making a, a difference for the, all the student athletes to come and the ones that are here currently. So you, you started formulating the no locker for racism idea. Uh, you just said you, you kind of sat down with Rick. So how did that go? You know, you sit down with Rick and Alyssa, um, you discussed your idea. How did that, how did that conversation go? Um, sorry, it went out. Say it one more time. I said, how did the conversation go with Rick and Alyssa uh, as you sat down and talked to them about your idea? Um, it went really well, actually. They both welcomed the idea with very, op uh, very open arms and open minds. Um, I was certainly nervous at first because anytime you're giving an idea about such an, a touchy topic, you don't know how it's going to be um, taken and they actually were really excited about it and then they challenged me to okay we'll come up with a strategic plan I, I was expecting it but I was also like okay wow come up with a strategic plan where do we go from here and so then they really challenged me to really grow upon that idea and so definitely thankful for them um, and challenging me to really develop it into what it is now and what it is now is a, a living breathing uh, breathing uh, campaign uh, that uh, obviously, Hofstra University has undertaken in our athletic department. Uh, what are some of the areas that have, what are some of the things that have already happened with the campaign 
that you're really like proud of and kind of what's maybe the next step? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing that I'm proud of right now is the fact that there's so much buy-in within our own Hofstra community. You know, I think it's easy to get other schools to buy in. I think that's the easy part. But when we are buying in at home first, that really means more than anything, because at the end of the day, it's like I'm, I'm here at Hofstra. And so these student athletes are my pride and joy. And I want to make sure that their experiences are as positive as possible. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I'm starting to see is that we've had, even within our team, we have people that are asking questions and are able to have conversations with each other that I'm not sure at other schools or even other places where I've been within school and high school and all, all the other good places um, that I'm not sure me and my teammates would have been able to have and we're having them here. So I think that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now and that, that, that the end goal was to get conversations going and now they're happening here at Austin. So now we're trying to take that to other campuses. So you, you mentioned kind of from start to where we're at now. Um, I, I think it's helpful to explain to people what are some of the the things that have happened specifically um, with the campaign so far, um, you know, kind of explain what, what's been done on campus. Yeah. So we've had our uh, commitment walk where all the student athletes and um, coaches walked campus in support of social justice and of no walker for racism. And so that was our big first step. And we all signed a pledge to help to do our part as far as like getting the conversations going and to, kind of say that racism doesn't exist here. So I think that was the biggest first step that we took was saying that this doesn't exist here at Hofstra and everybody taking that pledge to say, I, I pledge to do my part of keeping racism out of our community. Um, I think, so now what we're getting into is um, within our subcommittee is we're thinking about what are, what are some things that we can do next? So from a social media standpoint and from uh, how do we host conversations from here on out? And I think the biggest next step that we made after the commitment walk was to get the website up, you know, and I think if we want people to join, it needs to be hosted somewhere. So big shout out to uh, Steve and his crew. Steven, great job. Um, our athletic communications uh, crew, staff, pod. I think we say pod now with... Um, yeah, Len did a great <laughs> job at the website. He's, uh, yeah. the, he's the superstar in that. Yeah, so and it's it's absolutely wonderful. And so we have the inquiry form on there so everybody can come and join and put in that they want to join so then we can get them all, all the information. And Rachel Vogel did a really great job at creating the logo. So that was that was another really big thing for us was to at least have a branding, you know. And so we didn't have the brand, it would be hard to sell. So we have the brand and now we're just getting ready to open it up to the world. So we've sent some emails and we've gotten some buy-in and now it's just keeping it pumping. Athletic yeah, Communications, is, oh, sorry, huh? Man. I said, Stephen, you won't do it. Athletic Communications, full of superstars. Full of superstars. Full of them. Um, so, Courtney, uh, you kind of just touched on it. Uh, this is now where you're starting to want to grow the campaign. Hofstra's buying in. We had that commitment walk where there was, you know, 21 athletic teams bought in that day. Uh, and it was, it was an incredible sight to see. Uh, now we're starting to see some other institutions uh, buy in, which, uh, uh, which is great. And What's your kind of roadmap for that? Is that you and Rick kind of leading the way there and reaching out? And how do you see that developing? Yeah, so I think, um, and the way I do things, I feel that everybody has some type of job. So Rick has the job of the ADs, and then Alyssa and crew have a job of athletic admin, 
coaches have a job of reaching out to coaches and their government coaching bodies and student athletes have the job of reaching out to student athletes. I remember like when I was in college, I had a lot of friends at other universities. And so this is now their chance to use their voice to, to keep this message growing. So within the subcommittee, there's a lot of buy-in of people wanting to now share it on their social media and to have these conversations with their other peers. So, so that's kind of our, our next step of growth. And uh, so we've talked a lot about the, diver- uh, excuse me, the No Lock for Racism campaign, but really the diversity and inclusion uh, uh, initiative and committee is kind of where it, it falls under. Yes. Um, can we go back to that? Can you touch on how they work maybe cohesively together and how you see kind of the role of No Lock for Racism within Hofstra's diversity and inclusion? Yeah, absolutely. So within our subcommittee, we have members of the diversity and inclusion committee. And then we also have some people who have just joined because they're passionate like I am. Um, and so as far as our, where, how we exist um, within the diversity and inclusion committee is that we, so we wouldn't exist if they weren't there, right? And obviously that Hofstra has this buy-in that we want to promote a diverse and inclusive community. And so within that, so like even these, these talks that we're having, the various forms of race, um, race and equity, all those conversations, they, they help our agenda in the sense that they're keeping the conversation going. So within No Locker for Racism, our biggest goal is to keep the conversation going. So we're creating those environments and those spaces that everybody feels welcomed. So within diversity and inclusion, that's our whole gist. That's what we believe in. And so as we are moving with the committee, we are working to do just that. We have the same goals, the same values that No Walker has. It's just one is focused strictly on racism and the other is focusing on the whole identity of individuals. And Courtney, we just spoke to Alyssa Morales-Kelly earlier, like we had said. Uh, can you speak on Alyssa's leadership of the committee, uh, you know, and the great job she's doing there? And then specifically about how, you know, her working hand in hand with you and, and helping you along the way. Yeah, actually, I would absolutely love to. I think Alyssa has been, she has done like an amazing job and I don't envy her because, man, she has just so much that she, like, takes on and excels with, you know? And so like, even within the diversity and inclusion committee, like she has really, um, she has really taken the the time to develop this, this whole group of people who have the same mindset, you know, and she pushes us every day. And even like her organization is something that I inspire to be more of. I'm, I'm not on her level of organization, but that's um, my 2021 goal. Apparently couldn't do it in 2020, but next year, um, but even for yeah, me, we got a lot going on right now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty is a wash, so we'll we'll save it for twenty twenty one. But she um she's also mentored me a, a great deal. So like I remember I went on a head coaches meeting and oh my goodness, I felt like I was saying my name backwards and I, it was just it felt like a hot mess. I felt like I was like a big old flop. I'm pretty sure I sent Rick Paul a gif of like Viola Davis crying. Like it was it was just not it was not a good moment for Courtney Dina. And Alyssa was like, hey, you know what? We really want to mentor you. And so from then on out, she's always giving me feedback and she's developing me as as just a strong young woman into being who I want to be 10, 15, even next year, you know. Well, uh, Courtney, uh, it's really amazing to hear the work you're doing, uh, specifically as it relates to the No Locker for Racism campaign. We're we're really proud of you here at Hofstra and we're, we're... me and Mike were so excited to tell kind of your story about 
what you're doing with No Lock for Racism. So we're thankful you were able to join us today and we appreciate the time you gave us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And uh, we wish you well with field hockey team as well. Uh, coming, coming up in the spring, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us today and have a great day. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Pridecast. Make sure you follow the Pride online at GoHopster.com and on social media at Hofstra Pride. And stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.